the Epiphany Proclamation. Know ye, beloved brethren, that as by God's favor we rejoiced in the nativity of our Lord Jesus Christ, so too we announce to you the glad tidings of the resurrection of our Savior. The Sunday of Septuagesima will fall on the 17th day of February, Ash Wednesday and the beginning of the Most Holy Lenten Fast on the 6th day of March. On the 21st day of April, you shall celebrate with greatest joy the Holy Pasch of our Lord Jesus Christ. The ascension of our Lord will occur on the 30th day of May, the Feast of Whitsunday on the 9th day of June. The 20th day of June is the Feast of Corpus Christi. The The first day of December will usher in the advent of our Lord Jesus Christ, to whom be honor and glory eternally. Amen. Please be seated. We celebrate the Feast of the Epiphany today, so named because of its full title, The Manifestation of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. And we use that term uh, in common parlance as if uh, sort of to say, Eureka, I've found it, or I've had an epiphany, the light just came on, I understand. And uh, that's one of the reasons why traditionally this proclamation of epiphany is read on this day as well, because it comes from a preliterate time when everything was communicated uh, verbally, and people had to remember (laughs) when these things, uh, what was being said. But today we specifically celebrate this Feast of Light. You'll notice all the candles in the church are lit. It's one of the three Feasts of Light this time of year. The first, of course, being Christmas, today Epiphany, and then coming up in the beginning of February, Candlemas, or the presentation of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the story is familiar and sort of exotic. We have these three mysterious characters who come into the story of salvation, and then just as quickly disappear into the mists of time. They're sometimes called kings, sometimes wise men, sometimes magi. They're even given names in pious legend, Melchior, Gaspar, and Balthazar. And we hear stories from prophecy, from Isaiah, from the psalm that we wrote about kings coming from far away, about gifts being brought. And sure enough, in the story of the birth of Christ, after his birth, a while, probably a lot more than uh, 12 days, uh, these three sages from the east show up, really soothsayers, for they were people who would read in the stars, sort of like astrology, like ancient Greek astrology. They would have been familiar with all of the various religions and cultures. They were very uh, highly educated. They knew about the prophecies and the scriptures of the various different groups. And so they took a great interest in these things as they thought that they uh, would affect the world around them. And they were right in this case. And so they see this star shining and drop everything they're doing and head towards it, not knowing exactly what they will find. Of course, they know what the prophecy said, But they follow it and follow it. And of course, again, we don't know exactly where they were coming from, just really the direction in which they were traveling. But they're often represented, if you see the figures in creches or in paintings, uh, as different ethnicities from different parts of the world. 
And this is, of course, to underscore the fact that the birth of Jesus opens God's love and God's salvation to all people in all the world, regardless of their background or color or race or sex. It doesn't matter. God's love is for all of his creation. And so these three mysterious characters show up in Jerusalem and cause quite a stir because they go straight to the top. They go straight to King Herod, who was sort of a puppet king uh, who ruled for the, the Roman Empire. And he was very jealous for his power. And so naturally, when these three foreigners show up and want to know where the new king is, he's concerned and all Jerusalem with him. So there was a stir in town. It wasn't just King Herod. And of course, we know his plans for the baby Jesus and what he did to try to get to him. Unfortunately, we have the Feast of the Holy Innocents a few days after Christmas, which commemorates that barbaric act by King Herod in which he orders all firstborn males to be killed. He doesn't even specifically try to get to Jesus. He just wants them all gone to leave no stone unturned, I suppose. But the wise men are indeed wise, and they listen to, they're very observant. They watch the stars, they know the prophecies, and they listen when a dream, in a dream, they're warned to go another way. So it's very interesting to see, uh, you know, we use that term epiphany, but we also like to use the term, you know, when things are going your way, you like to say, or I like to say, the stars have aligned. And that's, I guess, a reference to astrology. But that's really, uh, the, the story of the birth of Christ is really full of that kind of stuff. Because you have a star appearing in the sky. You have an angel, uh, from the very beginning, the angel Gabriel coming to Mary. Mary is with child. Joseph is concerned. He's told in a dream, it's all part of God's plan, and go ahead and marry her. And then, of course, we have these wise men coming, and they're warned in a dream to go another way. And then Joseph, again, is warned in a dream that Herod means to kill the child and so that they must flee out of the country. So dreams and prophecies and stars have a lot to do with this beginning of the birth of Christ. So we can see that, in, that God tries to communicate with us in many different ways. And these three wise men were wise for many reasons, but one of which was that they listened to God. They listened and they observed the signs that he put up in front of them. He, they listened to when he communicated to them through their dreams. And I'm not saying that you should go out and start looking into the stars to try to figure out what you're going to do with your life. But one of the things about this feast is that we have an example of people who came from far away. You know, Jesus was sent to the ancient chosen people. He was born and lived and died under the Jewish law. He was an observant Jew. He went to temple. He knew his scriptures. He knew the prayers and the traditions. And yet, from the very beginning of his life, those from outside sought him. And the great gift of this day is not that we have these mysterious foreign uh, dignitaries coming on camels with a big retinue and, you know, imagining the, the fans with the ostrich plumes and everything. If 
If you've ever seen the uh, Radio City Spectacular, you know, the big retinue that comes with the three kings and their camels, and you get a lot of oohs and ahs. It's not about all that exoticism, if that's a word, but it points to us an example of the magnetism of the light of Christ, of that light of God's love. And as I said earlier, this is one of the three feasts of light. And so in this dark time of year, we begin to get greater and greater and greater light. And so the first light is the birth of Christ. The second light is this manifestation of him to the Gentiles, in other words, to the whole world. And as we go through our lives, we are always on a pilgrimage. Now, these wise men were making a physical, geographical pilgrimage to see this thing that had come to pass. And we may do that as well throughout our lives. But what those physical, geographical pilgrimages do for us is point us to a heavenly and eternal pilgrimage that we are on. We walk through this life day by day, week by week, year by year. And it's very easy to get distracted by the noise on either side of us. But we pray on this special day that today and throughout the year that we will be guided by the star that leads us, the light of Jesus Christ. And that not, we will not only go to worship him in his temple on Sundays, but that like the, the shepherds and like the wise men, we will go out into the world having partaken of Christ, having been imbued with his love and his light, and take that out into the world with us to be Christ's hands and feet in this world. So on this epiphany, as we celebrate the light of Christ coming to the whole world, let us remember that it's not just for us. It's not just for a chosen few, but for every person on earth. And it is our job now, as his followers and his brothers and sisters, to go into all the world, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and proclaiming his gospel until he comes. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.